Keiku Ilchiv. Hello, welcome to episode two of the Lower Era podcast. Today we're going to be discussing race and captivity, fictional non-fiction by Chuck Klosterman. But before all that, I'm David Smith and I'm joined today by Porek Podge Gaffney, Francis Franny Walsh, Martin Marty Gillespie and Oren Rashid Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone listening the first podcast knows what that's about. But um, before we get stuck in things, Porik, I'll start with you, Podge. How are things? How's your weekend going? It's Sunday morning for you, Irish time. Uh, quite enough day so far. But yesterday was uh, was a lovely, well, it was a grand day. Jumped in the sea in the morning. First time in the sea this year. So uh, hopefully make that a, make that a week, weekly uh, occurrence. Lovely. But um, so far, yeah. Was it cold? Very cold, yeah. And I was the only one, uh, I think I was the only one in the sea without a wetsuit. So I got a few queer looks. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, just in and out, got a coffee afterwards, nice start to the day. Lovely, so Marty, are you down in Dublin as well? I am, yeah, uh, I'm not having as much crack as Podge here on the north side, it's not a, I, <laughs> I've been spending my days playing ping pong against the wall here, you know, so, <laughs> and unfortunately uh, the wall is winning uh, quite regularly, um, that's it, my son, this is the, 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 the height of excitement of my Sunday has been the pancakes, so. That's about, love it. that's about as good as it gets. Okay, could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> could be worse. Um, Franny, you're in Barcelona. We've, yeah, it's a very international uh, expedition today on the podcast. We've got three lads in Europe and two lads in Australia. So it's, it's a worldwide edition here. Franny, how's life in Barcelona? Good now, yeah. It's about 20 degrees here today. It's kind of coming into summer. So it's it's nice, yeah. And I'm off to the Irish pub now for Sunday roast later on. So. Oh, I love it. That's it. Not a bad way to spend your Sunday, especially when pubs are closed at home. But uh, yeah, no, life is good. Life is good. And Oren, I'd come to you, but I, I know for a fact that you've been uh, enjoying a few pints at the uh, Sydney St. Patrick's Day Festival today. You're in good form. I may have partaken in a few pints again, and I'm going to have a crisp sandwich or two, but look, I'll not, I'll not argue. I'll not argue. All right, lads, I think it's time we'll attempt to make sense of raising captivity. So this is a book of short stories by Chuck Lossman, who's a well-known writer he writes about a lot of nfl he's head of ethics for the new york times magazine he's written for like the ringer a lot of kind of prestigious american publications this is quite a satirical book of short stories podge did you enjoy it did you was there particular stories you liked or how did you feel about the book um well i'll start with saying it's not the type of book I'm, i'm used to reading to be honest um just those short stories um i mean in that sense it's Generally, it's, it's a quite a quick book to read. I mean, every every chapter in it is roughly six to eight pages long. Um, it's a nice book to dip in and out of, and sometimes you kind of need to take a bit of a break from it. Um, overall feeling for me, I was probably, I was left more frustrated than satisfied with a lot of the chapters. I thought it's, yeah, I mean, as a casual reader like myself, it's one that was difficult to kind of be motivated, I suppose. Like, you might read two or three chaps in a row that were kind of like what's that about and I found it kind of hard then to pick it back up if you know what I mean and you had to kind of power through a little bit sometimes but um no like in a way yeah like that being said look it's not it, there was a number of chapters I really liked I kind of went through them at the end as a kind of a recap just to remind myself of that because sometimes with a book you your your judgment of it can can depend on the ending of a book if you know what I mean like the but when I went back through it, I noticed, yeah, there was a number. There was uh, about 13 of the chapters I really, really enjoyed. But there was also 13 of the chapters I really didn't enjoy. So I think that's a, probably a general sum up of, of my initial feelings of it. 
I just felt that it I struggled to kind of because all the stories are so kind of random and they kind of focus on a different uh, concept. There was no there was nothing to kind of connect them all, and I found that difficult at times. I suppose one book that I the, the most recent book I could compare it to is um, I read a book uh, it was Twenty One Lessons for the Twenty First Century, and that's similar in that the, each chapter was on a different idea, but the difference there was at least all those ideas were kind of connected in a way and under one, under one umbrella, which found it, I found it easier to follow them. Whereas with this book, it was, yeah, just ex- extremely random at times. And yeah, just one I'm, I wasn't particularly used to, I suppose. Obviously, it's very different to anything else we've done in terms of we've been reading a lot of novels or autobiographies, like a book of short stories, something very different first. Um, Marty, uh, how did you find it? Yeah, I suppose very similar to Podge, really. Um, I there were a lo- there was a lot of stories I did enjoy. I suppose once I once I finished the book, my overall feeling was probably a bit of frustration, really. You know, um, there was a lot of as Podge says, randomness. There was things. <laughs> Podge made a comparison there. I suppose if I was to compare it to to something that <laughs> I the comparisons are random as well. I don't know if you have this in Australia. Have you seen the Domino's ad where your man comes in the door and he just, they're, they're ordering, oh, will we get um, Indian today? Oh, maybe, maybe not. And then he, the same boy bursts in the door, his hair electrified. He's like, no, don't get this. Get that. This is going to happen. You're going to fall off the bridge and get hit by a car. And that's, I kind of felt like that was the gist of a lot of the stories, you know. Um, if it was going to be a movie, did anybody ever see the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's like that. It's just, it's led into those kind of things. I think, first of all, I I was I, I've never read a book of short stories. And I was really happy that we got to try something like that. You know, something that we hadn't we wouldn't be used to doing. It did take a while to get to get uh, into the into the swing of it, and I find it hard to put in a good long reading session you know when you've a when you're in the flow of a novel you can you know put in half a day of it but as Podge said you needed I, I find myself needing to take a break after every chapter or two or I find it hard to digest some of the some of the concepts that each of the stories brought up were really interesting some of them were were crazy like but some of them were really fun um I really liked the the one about uh, the one I think it was called "Just Asking Questions." Um, that was one of the latter. Was one of the the latter ones. Um, it was about um, the jackass and the average man. That was right. The jackass and the average man. Just your man uh, said the the average man. He caught his wife sleeping with his best friend. It was the worst moment of his life. And this, and then the jackass. Uh, he's actually called the jackass in the story. I'm not. I'm not putting that label on him. Uh, he starts questioning whether it was actually your man's best friend. It was really, really interesting. It was like, yeah. did your man exaggerate? Did the average man exaggerate to validate his feelings of sadness or of of, of grief? I find that really interesting. I suppose just because one of my one of my own biggest pet peeves is when you're watching a movie or something with people and someone says, you know, oh no, I'm going to cry. This is going to make me cry. That. I, that really annoys me. Um, just you know, telling me you're going to cry doesn't mean that your sadness is any more valid or less valid than if you did actually cry. If you want to cry, work away. Like that's absolutely natural. 
I would have no judgment at all. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch Jackass and say, "Oh my God, it's going to make me smile." I don't announce my smile. So I find that chapter, that one, really got me riled up. So it did, as you might notice from. <laughs> there were a few other ones then that I really, that I thought were funny or interesting concepts. Obviously, the opening one, the the Pumin, the Jacks. Oh, that was gas. That was gas. That actually um, made me laugh out loud as well. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Chapters, um, I thought I thought what he what he what he managed really well, and what I did really like about the book was every single every single one of the thirty four short stories. The opening paragraph caught your interest. Like whether you were whether you were sick of it after the second paragraph, the first paragraph always got you stuck stuck into it. Uh, and secondly, dialogue. I thought he the, the even though some of the things they talked about were mental, I thought he really managed dialogue very well. Um, reasonable apprehension, you know, the one where the vet is talking to the solicitor or the lawyer and mm. it's just purely dialogue. I love that one. It was really, really quick. And uh, yeah. It's, it's um, the, yeah, the, the ones that had closure, the stories that had a bit of an ending to them, I really enjoyed. And I felt like, ah, that was a nice short story. Yeah. A lot of the stories kind of just ended abruptly in a way and you're kind of just left fucking screaming into a pillow almost just like yeah you know the one pudge um with the with the magician and it was a really it seemed to be going a really good was it the magician was it or um the magician yeah and one magician came to visit another yeah and no i can't remember is that the one i think of i actually think no it was the it was the one about the dog ad it was a really, it was a really, I actually find myself relating a lot to the main character in the story. And then the last line is something like, he spilled his cereal on the floor and he thought about spoiled milk and terrorism. And I said, oh, he's ruined the story on me, man. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that one as well. I actually wrote that then as well. The the, the second person narrative, like the, yeah. you feel this, you feel that. I was like, yeah, that was really relatable. And then, yeah, uh, yeah like that, a lot of endings just kind of, what? What kind of, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah. I left you looking for more, kind of. It was like unsatisfactory. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but it, like Podge, you know, I I just did, I I added up all the all the chapters that I, I did like and then took away all the chapters that I didn't like. And yeah, it's good. It's, it worked out probably, you know, bang in the middle, like, you know. So I think overall, I'd say I'm glad I read it. I think that's the best way for me to, to put it. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say that it's my favorite book ever, but I'm glad I did. I'm interested, um, lads, just on that. Did you both read it on Kindle? Did anyone have a hardcover, just Marty and Podge? Did you both consume it on Kindle or kind of how did you experience the book? Yeah, I was I was on Kindle. Um, I I reserved the audiobook from BorrowBox, but it's not available until the 27th. So I might I might listen to it again, see if that makes it the experience any different. I don't know, but uh, I, how did you experience it, Smith? Did you, did you, were you audiobook or were you? Well, I was Kindle, but I know that Oren listened to it too. How did you find that experience and how did you kind of enjoy the book? I listened to it and I have to say, like, I, I wouldn't recommend listening to it. Um, it did to be succinct about it all. It's, it's, it's difficult to, when you're listening to it. I listen to it in the car and you want to just get into a flow of in a few minutes and hopefully you can hear it all and you, you just want to hear more and more and more. And I think as the boys have described there, you hear the end of a story and if it's, if it's not something that kind of wraps up nicely, you just get left with this kind of 
all right, where, where do I go from here sort of thing? And then you have to kind of start again and there's new characters, whatever. Whereas I feel if you're reading this maybe alongside something else and you could take maybe, you know, a short story and then get back into the novel that you read, it'd be nice. Whereas if you're trying to listen to every short story one after the other, as I do, it just, it just, it just doesn't work for me. But there were some really, some really, really good short stories. Um, I particularly like the one, uh, I think it's, this must be the place or something like that, where there's a guy and he goes into a bar and all that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's very well written or whatever, but there was also some stories. I think it was the one about the guy who goes out for a run and it just ended up kind of being, it was about the future and this guy comes back and just nothing happened. And I'm like, that wear me up, right? Yeah, that, this, that wear me this, up. this, this is, this is just not for me. Like, you know, just give, us, just give us some more here. Execute it, yeah. Yeah, and and that was exactly it. Like you just you just want some more. I mean, you could. I think you could sit here now on on here and discuss every single story in detail and have pros and cons to it as a whole as a book. I think fair play because it's. I think it's a, a book of short stories. It's always difficult to put across, and I did enjoy enough of them to be like, yes, uh, I would recommend this, but not to be listened to on on audible i reckon and i would much rather kind of take each one at a time yeah i think that's an, an important distinction we should make moving forward of who's mm-hmm. listening like how you've consumed it in each medium because and i've had discussion with some of you before where like some books are great for audible like i remember Podge, you're talking about like say sapiens a book like that is so good like factual books or an autobiography are ideal to listen to in ways and like take them in a bit at a time but other books like this or i found certainly like thrillers or like page turners are it's just not the same on audible so i think it is a thing for people to consider uh about how to consume their books moving forward is what medium you want to take them through franny you i think you really enjoyed this book probably the most of anyone um what was your experience with it did you just do an audible did you read it yeah, so I read it on Kindle. Um, yeah, I think I, I was kind of surprised to learn that I was the only person who really enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I couldn't speak highly enough for this one. Like, it was really my kind of thing. I don't know, maybe that's just the sort of thing that I enjoy or that I kind of gravitate towards. It was interesting, actually, that Marty mentioned The Ballad of Buster Scruggs because I thought that it kind of the whole thing read like a Coen Brothers film in spots. You know, it's that kind of absurdist, off-the-wall way of looking at things. And it doesn't necessarily have to make sense, but it, it kind of tells its story in its own way. And for me, that was really, really good. You know, that was that was kind of what I enjoyed about it. I thought he 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 looked at some interesting ideas in a kind of in a kind of his own way, um, like a political social ideas. And like I think that the fact that he was so ridiculous about it allowed him to be more incisive in certain ways. Do you know, like when he was looking at say, like I think the third story in was about like uber woke culture and how the two college professors were discussing what you can and can't say, and it was. He took it to such an extreme that it was obviously, it, it, it would never have played out like that in real life. But the way he looked at that idea through that prism, I thought was excellent. Yeah, other stories, I thought the the, the college basketball story as well was was brilliant for a similar reason. Because, you know, in, in reality, you have this kind of pairing of sports and academia in America. And obviously, the athletes wouldn't necessarily be that pushed about the sports a lot of the time. And it, it creates this kind of this kind of split. And I thought the way he did that, the way he went to this ridiculous extreme where lads were literally coming in on made-up courses and didn't even know what they were studying and they were doing it just to play college basketball. I thought that was a really effective way of looking at that. And then in, in spots as well, I just felt it was really funny. Like, you know, as Podge was saying, it was laugh out loud funny in, in, in certain spots, like the Puma in the toilet on the airplane, the way they did that. One about the, uh, what was it, the band that accidentally had a, 
I hate, yeah. I hate single among the among the white supremacists as well. I thought it was that was probably the most on the nose joke I felt in the whole book was the bit at the end where it just said bomb Israel. I, I thought it was very good the way he did it. Like. <laughs> very good ending, yeah. But yeah, the only the only story actually out of them all that I was kind of left dissatisfied with was the one about the girl and her dying father because oh, yeah. I felt that. I felt that he was kind of going somewhere with that and he just never got there or something like I just didn't really understand what he was what he was on about with that one but no on the whole I really have to say I enjoyed this yeah I, I, I'd recommend it to anyone well I certainly to anyone who was into that sort of thing maybe you know it's obviously as you were saying it's not for everyone but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it did you try and think <laughs> out what that the raccoon metaphor was no the raccoon metaphor yeah which was like what was that that was in the the father dying that was the last line wasn't it you know he he made the ant metaphor for 9-11 and then the oh yeah Yeah, i couldn't really i just couldn't make head or tail of it because like like that that kind of part of it actually i think i read that and i was like this is going somewhere this is going somewhere good like and it just kind of didn't. I don't know. It just, it, I, I just didn't get what he was trying to say, I suppose. But I think as well, that's kind of part of it when you're, when you're reading or consuming stuff like this in general, is that you kind of have to appreciate that maybe not getting it is the point to some extent. You know, like you just have to let him do his thing, I suppose. And his thing is just this absurdist, off the wall way of looking at real life and real situations do you know what and, and, and portraying them through this lens is that what you want from the book though to just be left being like oh I don't get this and this is fine like, or do you want to be able to have some sort of conversation but do you know what there was, there was a lot of stories including that one about the raccoon I was like oh, oh this is just far too absurd to even begin talking about like, uh, which I'm all for absurdity but yeah, yeah I, just, I agree I, I agree probably... with that like it's, it's one of those books that you'd almost as I said at the start like you'd almost have to study a little bit and, and break down and even take a chapter and as you said Orin as well like chapter read something else digest it a bit and then come back mm. it was a difficult one because I, I did read it all, like a, as a normal novel I was reading chapter by chapter and it was like I was hoping no one would start mentioning names in this podcast because I really happened to play with one of it there's so many different characters, <laughs> so many different stories. And like, yeah, there's a lot of positives to that. But as a, as a book to just read casually in chapter with your mates about, difficult. Actually, just on that, Pudge, you mentioned loads of characters. I went into X-Ray on uh, on Kindle <laughs> to see who was the most mentioned character. And Keith Richard was mentioned 41 times. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's just, I think Keith Richard was actually mentioned once. And the, yeah, there, yeah. Were lots of, there was lots of other Keiths in it. But oh. I, I thought that was funny now, in fairness. Listening to y'all, I have agree with bits of what y'all said. I think it's very wacky, as, as Franny said, but I enjoyed that it was almost self-mocking ways. I don't know if anyone picked up on in one of the stories um, about where the, the w- husband and wife are in with the doctor and they're discussing about the ability to transfer pain from the pregnancy to the husband. Yeah, yeah. They reference Black Mirror quite bluntly um, about this British TV show I was watching on Netflix and then it's cut off and then it's mentioned again. Uh, I like that it's the guy who was out jogging in the park which infuriated me the story where the guy says I'm from the future and everything about you coming to the future and he just ignores it and goes home and has a shower like is that the is that where we are at in the world or is that like it's that's what that's trying to kind of portray it drove me mad but the one I loved I don't know if anyone else the second story in like you guys I was laughing out loud at the, the um, human in the on the airplane in the first one but the second one I thought was really good the execute again story about the yeah. NFL play 
uh, this, this one play that like based on the statistic that it would win you every game eventually and then how dark the story turned in the last couple of pages or the last <laughs> couple of paragraphs where you're like is this guy a serial killer or like where did this yeah. go I feel like the the play influenced everyone differently and I, I feel like the first few stories really sucked me in and I was like this is really edgy and I, I don't know where this is going but then I felt like subsequent stories let me down a little bit or I'm not sure if it fulfilled the early potential I kind of felt do you guys kind of agree with that? I would kind of feel that like he did I felt he put the more engaging stories at the start like I did Definitely. feel like there was he, the less the less direct ones came towards the end I felt like they, they meandered a little bit more and they were a little bit less certain in what they were trying to do and I'm not sure was that a deliberate thing or maybe it was just the fact that maybe I got used to it to some extent by the time I got to that part of the book but I did I did, I did feel that myself I was, yeah I agree with you there Franny like it's funny I don't know if Marty mentioned it earlier I think he did about uh Color, color coding the chapters very nerdy um, teacher side very teacher of us Pudge yeah teacher side show in here but um, I just thought it was an idea and it's funny enough uh, we both did it yeah it's like green for really good really enjoyed yellow for like what the hell is this about and red for like ah left frustrated whatever so yeah very um, vague I suppose way of, of, of categorizing chapters but when I just even look at the kind of the chapters here like the first half of the book there's only two of the chapters that I flagged as frustrating the rest of them were majority majority were, were really enjoyable really funny really thought-provoking really whatever and then just at the second half of the book then the, the frustrating chapters start to build up a little bit just thought I'd mention that there it's just interesting to see when you actually look at this in in that kind of way, how he wrote, how he wrote it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought he was trying a bit too hard. Like, um, I felt it was a bit family guyish. You know, like I don't know. I thought some of the jokes were a bit too obvious. And yeah, I, I see what he was trying to do, but I think maybe because I saw what he was trying to do, I was like, okay, right, let's move on to this now. And you can write a better short story than just kind of. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit too cynical. It bordered on pretentious in a way. I thought. I don't know if any of you found. Yeah, that. That, I think I, I think that's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, I just <laughs> kind of thought. Oh, hey, come on. I think it's interesting knowing that like you were the, you were the one that listened to it and you felt that way because I was I was kind of thinking when you were saying that that like I don't know how this would translate if someone was speaking it because I think it relies a lot on the kind of the deadpan nature of like the word being written in front of you like I think if there's someone who has the job of inflecting it it'd probably be a lot more difficult to, to get it across that's a very good point I think it, it was funny it's, it's actually him who um, reads some of the stories and then he does different actors who do different stories as well and I did find it was very much dependent on who was talking and sometimes it was like a guy and a girl sometimes it's just one guy sometimes it's just one girl like you know and uh, my enjoyment of the story did very much depend on how it was put across me so I think that's that's actually a very good point I could see how if I read each individual story, how I'd get a completely different view on it. So another one I thought of there when you were mentioning the difference between Audible and Kindle or book or whatever was um, Can't Hurt Me that we did a while ago. And how when we did that chat, I remember the book didn't have the mid-chapter interviews and how when we had the chat about the book that time, a lot of people's reviews on the book were very much affected by that, that it, it ended up being a bit annoying and, and whatever. Absolutely. Whereas didn't have those little interviews and it's just it is it just it is interesting how a book can change so much um by what medium you're looking at it yeah i think it's a, it's definitely an important thing to consider like for for each book 
Um, I know that everyone's got different subscription ways. Some people like buying from their bookshop or they have Amazon accounts. It's one click to buy something on a Kindle or they've got an Audible thing and they get a free credit every month. But definitely makes a big difference. Like I think we've all been discussing that. As you mentioned, Watch Can't Hurt Me is probably the best example of almost a completely different book to digest by listening to that one when there's interviews with the author, which I don't know, is it a positive or a negative thing overall? But it definitely impacts the way you interpret the book. So I think moving forward, it's it's definitely an interesting thing to talk about each time how everyone has read the book um, because it's a completely different experience with each medium, which is something that was never a case for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, but now it actually is a real factor. Yeah. I think, yeah, if anyone has a favorite story each, I think mine was the favorite about the cult, the story about the cult where it's a sibling <laughs> started a cult, which I thought was hilarious to watch of it and the brother who's like this incredibly cynical psychopath almost where I love the line in it where it said you can't create a cult and then decide you're just going to become a commune where things like they started it with no um, bones about what it was or no pretense about this is absolutely a cult and I want to marry and impregnate all the women in the cult and uh, <laughs> We're probably going to end up with mass suicide. I just thought that was hilarious, that story. How planned it was. Like, yeah, yeah, how planned it was. Like, there was no um, qualms about, this is what we're doing and this will be hilarious. This is what cults do. That was probably my stand I kind of always assumed that's how cults got started, to be honest with you. So I really enjoyed it for yeah. that reason. I was yeah. like, surely, surely somebody thinks about this when a cult is kicking off. I thought the reasoning, oh, yeah, no, the reasoning was hilarious. And I don't know, Podge, do you have a favourite story? Yeah, the one I really, really liked was Fluke. Was when the the husband they're at, they're at their friend, his best friend's house with his wife, and he's just something annoying him, just something on his mind, and then we find out that it's like a, it's like a job offer that he's looking to take. He never he never tells us what the job is or whatever, but um, or that it's going to be any way different kind of financially, but it's still on his mind. And then he kind of goes out for this kind of moment of kind of clarity, finds some clarity, looking at the sea, and he sees this whale, and he's saying like, "Oh, did that just happen?" And then the lightning comes and hits the whale, and he's just like. Oh, holy shit and then it finds out that him and his best mate have had this like mad like mushroom and fueled uh <laughs> years ago and i was just kind of laughing and it's just the way him and his best friend spoke to each other i just really loved it's like that's deadly like and then how his best friend had happened to mention one of these mad events that only happened once in a lifetime and it, the chapter kind of ends with like you know he knew what he had to do kind of thing and it, it was time to start or something i just thought yeah. it was visual kind of a chapter and uh no i really enjoyed that one that was great. That was a really good one. Franny, did you have one that stood out to you? The cult one that you mentioned would probably have been my favourite, but since you mentioned that, I suppose, the other one I really thought was excellent was the the one I think was mentioned as well, where it was all in the, it was all dialogue. It was like between the lawyer and the vet who had accidentally given himself rabies. <laughs> I just thought, oh, yeah. like I thought even, I thought even linguistically the way he dealt with that was just excellent. Like, you know, it was just, it was such an off the wall idea. And then the lawyer was kind of obviously there sitting there trying to make sense of it all. And the way he was just discussing it, I thought it was excellent. Um, yeah, I just, that one, that one, that was another one for me that stood out. That just grew like well, Franny, I thought. It was just like the way it started. It was like, um, he was telling the prices of, you know, 15 minutes or whatever is this amount. And it starts off and he's like, oh, yeah, that'll only take a few minutes to deal with. And I was like, you just every so often, just a little more information. You're like this is terrifying. Alleyway <laughs> from that was like, that was one of the few the few that you know wrapped itself up. It wrapped up with the pricing of the meeting as well. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one of the ones that was very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I think like it's funny now looking back that 
there's a lot of them we enjoy despite our gripes with the book that like we've all yeah. had a lot of different stories so it's not that there's only one or two isolated really good stories marty did you have one that you particularly liked yeah um, it was funny you know two out of the three that you mentioned there i marked as red which was my symbol for shite but uh <laughs> but my i think my favorite one was probably reality apathy for several reasons but you know the topic of it was essentially this fella he's you know he's scrolling through his phone and uh, guessing news everything he reads he just apathetically thinks is it real uh, probably not nah that's not real and uh, that one's a maybe and the things he says maybe to are things that you're uh, hold on that's not that's not real, you know, and he talks about how the holograms of the moose, the how are they real? That there was a story about a hologram came to life and trampled over people and he couldn't he couldn't decipher whether it was real or not because um because of the strength of the technology. And I just thought that was good because, you know, I'm sure you've seen some of those videos floating around now made with those apps, you know, like Avatarify or like Wombo, where you know, you take someone's picture and you get them singing a song and it looks really real, but like if oh, that yeah. technology if that technology really developed, that could be really dangerous in the future. That's, you know, it's that's deep fake, uh, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much yeah. deep fake stuff is really, uh, really improved. So it could be really dangerous. But I also thought the way that was written, it really conveyed how that character was reading the reading hit what was on his phone but it was also how i was really reading the book the way the way the character was reading reading the news was how i was reading the book i was just you know this story how do i feel about this ah next one you know and so i thought it really encapsulated my uh, my feelings for the book that was definitely one of the best ones i thought as well lauren did you have one did you have one that stood out for you or what was your take i'd be a fan of i think it's called skin where um, there's a man and a husband or a man and a wife or whatever it was and I think he's trying to get a divorce or whatever I just I, I think it kind of summed up the book in its entirety of being completely just you know there's nothing to this and there's just a kind of obscure thought and it just kind of got me thinking about you know synesthesia all that sort of stuff about you know the different ideas of why you'd something's fine something's not fine and um, your different moods your different you know something just simple like that as I said, it's listening to you boys and hearing why you like what read parts of the stories. I'm like, actually, I enjoy that far more than I actually thought I did enjoy it when I was listening to it myself. I, yeah, I kind of feel like that now as well after talking to each other where obviously different tastes. We've all liked a wide range of stories that I kind of had in my head. There was maybe five or six I liked and the others I didn't. But then in chat to each other, like Marty, you were saying there about some of the stories we liked were some of the ones you thought were absolute mucks. So maybe there is something for everyone in the book. That's it. Yeah, so that's the thing. Do we want to move on then to our rate expectations, as we call it? Uh, <laughs> our rate so funny. Yeah, oh, that's never going to get old. That is, that, is, that, is that what we're going for? Is that? Pod, do you want to start? Do you want to give it a rating out of 10? Yeah, well, actually, coming into the, the podcast, I had a rating in my head. Um, so I had like 13 of the 34 book or chapters really liked, and eight were like gray, if you know what I mean. So from that, from coming into the book podcast, I had six and a half out of 10 in my head, but I reckon I'm going to up that to seven out of 10. Just because I reckon some of those grey area chapters, actually, now that we talked about them, there was a good few. I think Franny mentioned a few, and Marty mentioned a few that I had kind of tagged as yellow, even red. When he's actually kind of discussed them a bit more, and if I'd probably given a bit more time to the book, I reckon 
I would have probably changed a lot of those chapters to green, if you know what I mean. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It was a good book. Uh, as you said there, you hit nail on the head there, Smith, with there's something for everyone. Um, at the end of the day, if a book makes you laugh, it's impressive. And uh, there was a lot of chapters that made me laugh and enjoy. And yeah, I think 7 is, is, is a decent enough rating for me. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's a good point about making you laugh. Like I think if any book makes you feel at all, words on yeah. a page can make you feel it's achieved, even if we're, if we're annoyed by or dissatisfied by an ending where we're at left ask for more, it's probably done its job. Um, Marty, we'll go with you next. What, what score would you give it? Yeah, I suppose, um, again, when you talk through the stories, you probably get a, a better uh, a better opinion of them. Um, but um, I think, it, you know, it was a little, it was a fun little jaunt into short stories, a nice little genre to try. I, it's probably not for me, uh, overall, yes, I laughed. Yes, I, uh, I, yes, I found it thought provoking. Some of the stories thought provoking. Many of them uh, provoke uh, anger as well as laughter. But I think I'm going to give it a six. I think if I was going to give it a seven, you know, um, I think seven plus is probably a book I'd recommend or a book that I'd read again. I probably wouldn't go go again with this. Um, so I think I'm going with a six. Very good. Yeah, that's all very understandable. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it enough. I enjoyed it enough to give it a, to give it a you know, score over five or over the halfway mark, but um, not enough to recommend or to read again. So not a standout book, essentially, like a, yeah. a passable yeah. read without being one that you'd mention to someone in, in, in the pub or say, if you're looking for a good book, this is one I'd recommend to you. Exactly. Yeah, Franny. Um, you seem to. I think you really enjoyed it. Um, I'm interested to hear your rating. Yeah, I. I'm going to give this one a nine. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I thought, I thought it was actually the most entertaining book I read in a long time. Um, it was funny. It was insightful in spots. It managed to be kind of, despite doing the same thing in terms of like length, thirty-four times over. I thought there was a nice bit of range in it. Like there were a few different ideas explored. It was really well written as well. Like I thought the way he used language was excellent. Like some of his characters, they were just kind of so like deadpan and sarcastic. And yeah, so yeah, I'd 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 have I, and again, obviously, like I'd say, I'd, I'd I'd recommend it to anyone. Probably maybe that would have the same taste as me because it's it's something that I kind of vibe with. But uh, yeah, so it's going to be a nine for me. Yeah, it's a very high score. Oran, how do you feel about it? What would your rating be? I think I'd go to now with a seven. Um... To some extent, I, I didn't enjoy it that much. Of course, I, I know people who I'd recommend it to. So, and I think that's what a book of short stories is all about, is that, as the lads have described, there's something there for everybody. As much as there was plenty there that I didn't enjoy, there was a lot there that I didn't enjoy. And there was more that I, I think I enjoyed than I realised. Listen to the lads talk about stories. Particularly, particularly Franny there, who's describing things, and I'm like... Yeah, actually, I, I did enjoy that. Like, I think I've just been a bit cynical about them all. But um, yeah, so I think I'd go to nil with a seven. Yeah, that's fair. It's good to see, like, as we were discussing about something for everyone, I think everyone has, we've all liked it for different reasons or disliked it. I think I would probably be more in line with the with Marty's take. I think I'd give it a, a six and a half. I really enjoyed some stories, but I don't know if it's necessarily the book for me or the style for me, but I do really like Chuck Lasserman and... Yeah, there's there's a lot of positives. I really enjoyed some stories, but other stories I feel I just overall, yeah, I'm not sure if I'd recommend it to someone else. 
So yeah, you just try and score points because they like the uh, because they like to tweet. Is it? Yeah, look, that's always a good <laughs> box. Um, good book joke as we call them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's our take on raised in captivity. If anyone has any, if you've read the book and you've had any feedback on it, you liked it, you hated it, and um, you can get in touch with us with lowrayer at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at lowrayer on Instagram at lowrayer or on Facebook at lowrayer. So uh, reach out and let us know what you thought. Moving forward, we're going to have our own classic section as well, where we're going to kind of read one classic um, every couple of weeks and give our opinions on that. So starting off, we're going to Animal Farm, which we're very excited about. So we're going to bring that to you in a couple of weeks, our take on that. If anyone hasn't read it, we recommend it highly. It's a great book. Um, so feel free to read along if you've read it get in touch let us know what you think Podge is up next to choose our next book for next month's podcast Podge let us know what are you picking and why of the floor so much power Um, I'm going with a book by an Irish author called Colin McCann I'm not sure if any of you have read this it's called Transatlantic funny enough I just even mentioned before we started the podcast that I didn't fully finish the book yet, but I think I uh, got distracted with maybe one of the lower hour books we were doing. But I really want to finish it, and the parts I've read are really, really good. So it's it's like three intertwined stories involving the Atlantic. There's a story of uh, the first non-stop transatlantic flight. There's a book following Frederick Douglass, who actually ended up getting extremely interested in one of the abolish. Ab- Say the word for me. Abolitionists. 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 Uh, Abolitionists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in the 19th century there. We'll get and that. When he came over to Ireland and um, met Daniel O'Connell, I just, I just love history and I thought that was, that was deadly. And then the third part then follows Senator George Mitchell uh, with the Irish peace process. So very different stories intertwined and it's, it mixes um, kind of like uh, there's a fictional aspect mixed with historical facts which i always love in books so um yeah that's my recommendation for the next pod that sounds great so that's transatlantic mm-hmm. by colin mccann i think you've sold it as well pod does anyone can sell that i'm extremely keen to read that um i haven't yeah. read done about the other guys but yeah that sounds great i think marty read a book by colin mccann before i think you mentioned it before to me i think or maybe not. uh no i think i i didn't read a book by him but i read it we I read a book that mentioned Frederick Douglass a bit. It was called um, "It was called How the Irish Became White." Uh, oh, controversial, yeah, yes, controversial enough book. Well, we'll say I've, uh, I've read um, "Let the Great World Spin," which is by him, I think. Okay, um, I think we were doing previous to the one to, to Transatlantic, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I remember at the time it was a good few years ago, but yeah, I thought it was an excellent read. Yeah, lads. So before we wrap up, is there anything else anyone's reading at the minute? Um, Franny, are you reading anything good that you could recommend to our listeners? Uh, I'm currently listening to the Wim Hof Method on Audible. Uh, I'm, I so like I'm not sure any familiar with him, but he's basically this like endurance athlete who got famous for his work with cold water and ice and stuff. And his basically his whole idea is that by exposing the body to really cold temperatures and by doing specific breathing exercises, when you're exposed to them, you can you can improve your endurance and stuff. I, I must say, so far I'm not really enjoying it. Like I haven't got out into the nitty gritty of the science or anything yet, but it seems just so far be kind of his life story. And he's just kind of I don't know. It's just not really it's not really uh, doing it for me so far. The other thing I'm reading at the moment is uh, the fourth installment I think of a song of ice and fire, which. 
I mentioned on the on my bio on the lower lower hour page that I'm getting a bit disillusioned with this whole thing because like it doesn't seem like he's going to actually finish writing the book. So I don't know. Like I don't know. Should I really give be it up? My give time. it up. Give it up now, Franny. Give it up <laughs> yeah. now. It's starting to get a, It's starting to get less. Uh, it's starting to get less exciting as well. I must say because like, it's 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 very it's gone it's gone a bit rambling now at this point. It's kind of after the red wedding and stuff, and there's not a whole lot going on. But uh, yeah, that's that's there. The, there the two I'm I'm involved in now at the moment. Good stuff, yeah. And for a man who says he's not that big into ultra running, I notice that every book you read has to be about ultra runners, whatever that's about. I think your man Wim Hof is actually more of an ultra swimmer, I think. So that's, that's a bit, bit of variation. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you read? Is there anything you're reading at the minute, Podge? Uh, actually, I, I started reading The Kite Runner after our last book um, by Khaled Hassini. Is it Hassini or Hassini? Just because a thousand spells was so good, um, and obviously the kite runner is extremely famous. Uh, it just there's a little bit, there's a little library in my staff room in work. And I was just in having lunch one day. And I just saw the kite runner. I was like, Grant, so I brought that home. But I started reading it. And I kind of started reading it like very soon after a thousand spells sons, and I kind of just remembered how bleak that was. <laughs> so I was like, I'll come back to it. I've only read a few chapters, but um, if it's not. It's a great it's a great book. You're in for a treat there. Um Marty, are you anything you're reading at the minute or? Yes, yeah, was just uh, again, you know, after a thousand splendid sons, like a book I had in the go at the same time as that was a book called The Emperor of All Maladies. It's uh, a biography of cancer. Uh, and as dark as it seems, it's actually very interesting. But after finishing a Thousand Splendid Sons, I really needed something a bit lighter than going back to the biography of cancer. Uh, so I just looked for a bit of a light fantasy. Uh, it's called The House in the Cerulean Sea. Um, it's, it's what I'm looking for. It's nice and light. It's fun. Maybe a bit more for the young adult or, or the child, but you know those books can be fun too. Yeah, absolutely. You need a break. Kind of mixes yeah. a lot. I find. Well. <laughs> yeah, I needed a break from the real world. To be honest with you, that's why I went <laughs> for the bit of the fantasy. Yeah, Oren, is there anything you're reading at the minute? Yeah, I'm actually I'm almost finished Dark Emu, uh, which is about it's it's pretty dense, but it's about basically the Aboriginal way of life and the farming techniques, the engineering involved um, in Australia pre-colonial times. Highly, highly recommend it. Uh, very, very interesting. It is very, extremely dense, uh, very factual. So, you know, I wouldn't be tackling it as a, as a light read, but if you're interested in that sort of pre-colonial history, definitely worth, worth a read. Um, I've been open up to a whole new side of uh, Aboriginal life in general, and I kind of thought I had an idea, but I clearly didn't uh, read this, so definitely worth it. Worth a read. And I open and kind of read some of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, and it is something that you could probably have a read of and stop, and then come back to it in a couple of months and have another read to it. It's it's not something that has to be tackled. It's it's not a novel by any means, but um, definitely from a historical point of view, very very interesting and worthwhile. Yeah, very interesting. It's a good range of books there. I am starting Death on the Nile by Agatha. I get to Christie tonight, actually, uh, for a change of pace. I've just finished. Uh, yeah, after like raising captivity and Thousand Splendid Sons, I read um, good fantasy series by Brandon Sanderson, who I'm a massive fan of. I just finished his 
Mistborn era too, like trilogy of fantasy books. So I'm looking for something a little bit different now. But yeah, I'm looking forward to a bit of more. I've read a bit of Agatha Christie. I've always loved everything. So I'm interested. Death on the Nile has come with a big reputation. So I'm intrigued to see if it uh, lives up to the, the hype. <laughs> Animal Farm will be coming up next by George Orwell. So hopefully if you've read that or you want to read it, now's the time. Yeah, we look forward to chatting to you soon. And if you have any feedback, as we mentioned, get in touch on social media or over on our website or by email. And we hope you enjoyed the podcast again and we'll see you next month.